You're listening to Takeout Therapy. I'm your host, Rebecca Hunter. I'm a private practice therapist and anxiety specialist who's doing things differently. In about 20 minutes, I'm here to teach you how to deal with an everyday difficult element of life in a healthier way. This podcast is unscripted, totally unedited, just my straight up advice from years of experience. This is not therapy. It's just personal growth for people in a hurry for change. So let's get to work. Well, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for stopping in today for a little personal growth project. Today's going to be a really fun one, and I think you might learn a lot. Hey, I've heard from a lot of you that you're happy that I'm back at the podcast, that the subjects that I've been covering for the past three weeks have been meaningful and helpful to you. Thank you so much for the reviews and the ratings and the emails. I appreciate it so much. You know, I'm just sitting here in like 10 by 12 room recording into a microphone. So any feedback that comes my way is deeply appreciated to let me know like, Hey dude, you're not just hanging out and talking to yourself. Um, but rather I'm think I might be doing what my goal is and helping people to figure out some of life's trickier moments and we can go through it all together. So when you guys reach out to me, when you review the podcast and when you um, even just rate it, it lets me know that I'm not doing this alone. I'm actually doing it with you together as a community. We're just getting better and better all the time, aren't we? So this week um, is an important piece in the whole puzzle, my friend. This week, I'm going to talk about mindfulness, which is literally one of my favorite subjects. I have very few notes for this episode. Um, Mindfulness, gosh, it kind of seems trendy, doesn't it? It's a little bit of a mental health fad, but I'm going to break it down for you today in a way that will help you understand that it is indeed, my friend, not a fad. It is literally the most simplest thing that we ought to be working on and towards in order to get greater pleasure out of our life, to get greater presence, to have stronger relationships, and to really be in a relationship with ourselves. This mindfulness, it seems like a tricky business, but today I'm going to break it down for you in a way that will basically help you learn to do it quickly and easily and help you learn to see that A, it's not that hard and B, it can really change things up. It can really shine a light in the dark for you. You know, when you have something going on in your life and you kind of know, like, I really need to work on my part of this, but then there comes the place where you would insert action here and you're kind of like, uh, I don't really know how to do this differently. Maybe it's the same argument you get into. Maybe it's um, some dynamic in relationships or at work or in your parenting. Um, Maybe it's uh, something that's missing for you. Maybe it's something that's lacking in your life. So what I'll say is that mindfulness, and this is how I kind of explained it in the therapy office, is that Mindfulness can help us to connect what we want to what to do about it. 
Um, and so it's a little bit like I talked about it a couple episodes in Assess Your Mess, where I was talking about, you know, we have things that we do automatically in life. And yeah, we turn our heads back and we go, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I would have handled that better. But we instinctually, through our raising and through our um, contact with other people, through our habits, right? We just instinctually do certain things sometimes. Now, when people come and see me, they don't want to do those things anymore, or they don't want to be caught up in the same dynamics that they're caught up in. Maybe they want to learn to communicate better. Maybe they're sort of passive aggressive and they're seeing like, yeah, being passive aggressive isn't really getting me what I want and need. And they'd rather communicate directly, right? But their instinct is passive aggressive. Ding, ding, ding. My friend, this is a perfect application for mindfulness. Mindfulness is just paying attention. It's, I'm going to define it for you. And I'm going to use John Kabat-Zinn's definition, not in the exact words. Please do never quote me. <laughs> I'm not somebody who's sitting here reading off of a um, any official document. The definition for mindfulness is it means to pay attention to the current moment in a certain way. So a different way to say that is to pay attention in a certain way to the present moment. It's a choice that we make. It's sort of an activity. And yet it makes me laugh when I say that because presence, being present, it's really interesting that we have to segregate that out as its own activity. But, but if you're finding that your brain runs wild or you behave without thinking or things come out of your mouth that you had no idea that you thought and felt, <laughs> this is a great application for mindfulness. Because what mindfulness helps it, us do is to be present, to pay attention to what's actually happening. Okay. And it fits into the therapy model really, really well. And I've been teaching people mindfulness for years. It's a huge part of my anxiety solution that I present people with because the deal is, is like, you gotta know what's happening in order to change the course of things. Right. So that's its application in therapy is like, I'm working with people who have an idea about how they would like to be, how they would like life to be, right? We don't, we can't really change anything in the therapy office except for the person that's in the office. So we don't work on like how to get people to do things to stop pissing us off, right? We work on ourselves in therapy. We start like seeing how we contribute to the um, chaos or the dynamic or the problem. And then we work on that part because we can't work on other people. And the way we do that is by showing up and paying attention because I don't think we really see ourselves. Do you, <laughs> right? You're listening to this podcast for a reason, my friend, and it means that you're ready to see yourself. So let me just help you get there by helping you to understand what mindfulness is and how it can really help you with your personal growth project. You know, 
Personal growth is the willingness to see oneself and really change for the better, whatever you think the better is. It, there's no sort of like standard for how a person ought to be. At least I don't think there are. I think a lot of people have the misnomer that there are standards for how we ought to be, right? But everybody's really different. All personal growth does and what we do in therapy and what we do here on this podcast is we just meet up with ourselves. We're just willing to see ourselves and have a different conversation using new information, right? Mindfulness can really help us do that because mindfulness is filled with information. When we slow down and try to pay attention to the present moment, a lot of different things start happening. And this is where we are confronted with ourselves. And I'll get into it in a few minutes. Um, but another reason to practice mindfulness, I just want to point out a couple of these kind of like, why, why would we do this? This seems sort of silly is that sometimes do you ever like feel feelings, but you don't really talk about feeling those feelings. And then those feelings come out sideways in some other situation. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Right. And so sometimes if we slow everything down and practice mindfulness, we get better at figuring out what am I feeling and why am I feeling this way and how to what we call in my business, regulate emotion. And all that really means is like behave accordingly adults, (laughs) you know, like when you see a grown ass person in the market hollering at some clerk, you're thinking like, wow, okay, you're not, you're having a lot of emotion right here in this situation that doesn't really seem congruent with the grocery store, for example, right? And so, oops, sorry, I dropped my bracelet, friends. Um, So really, when we slow down and start using mindfulness, what we can do is we can figure out how we feel um, when it's a timely in a timely way so that we don't have all these feelings inside of us that just explode out onto innocent bystanders. Right. And so there's another piece in there about like learning to observe oneself, learning to observe one's environment. You know, as parents, I think we jump to a lot of conclusions about children and why they're doing what they're doing. And frankly, kids are super weird and they do all kinds of wacky stuff. And sometimes if we're not really paying attention to what's going on with them, we might jump to conclusions about what's going on with them. But I find like working with parents that when we just slow everything down and start really just paying attention to what's happening instead of intellectualizing things and thinking about things and going and reading more books and diagnosing and all these funny things that we do in our lives to each other, right? When we just slow down and we're willing to be present in a moment, we can observe what's happening for me, like what's happening for me as I'm faced with this relationship dynamic, right? And what what looks like it's happening for other people and maybe there's questions there that I could ask. So it just kind of slows things down enough for us to have better observation, better insight, frankly, about what's going on with us and then better willingness to be able to make some changes or really just to communicate around things. Um, You know, if we have an area of our life that we're not super stoked about, right? A lot of people are really self-critical and they come to therapy because they're just 
they're kind of tired of listening to themselves, frankly. Um, Self-critical natured people tend to suffer from things we call anxiety, depression, and other kinds of like quote unquote mental health diagnoses. Really, when you get to the bottom of it, they just have a really self-critical dialogue going on. Say they want to change that, right? Which is a lot of what I get in the therapy office. Without mindfulness, they don't even notice when they're doing it. So my first course of action for anybody with panic, anxiety, or depression is start teaching them to pay attention to what's happening, what's actually going on. Only there can we make changes. And then the other thing I want to say, like kind of the, um, this is like my ongoing ad for why we should all learn mindfulness (laughs) is it really helps us discipline our minds. And when I say this, it sounds kind of silly. Um, but what I'm, what I'm literally saying is like, you know, how your mind just does what it does. And then you follow it. Mindfulness puts you in the driver's seat. Mindfulness says, am I going to engage with this circus of thoughts in my head right now or not? Mindfulness gives us the choice. And I'll tell you in my journey, which I'll talk about a little bit later in the episode, I have basically been able to completely discipline my mind. It helps mindfulness helps train the mind to focus for a period of time on what you tell it to focus on. It trains it to stop focusing on things that you don't want it to focus on. So if you're like that classic overachiever and you can't get your mind to shut up, mindfulness will be your new best friend. Okay. So that's enough about like what it is and, and how, and how it can help. Now I want to talk about how the heck to do it. Because I think when, when I say mindfulness, everybody goes, ah, I don't want to meditate. And I'm not even going to talk about meditation today as I teach you about what mindfulness can be in your own life. Can we just get rid of this myth that everybody needs to sit down and meditate? That is not true. I know a lot of people, my friend, (laughs) I got people coming and going through my life like a circus and not everybody can sit and have quiet time whenever they want to. Some personalities, some genetic makeups, some people aren't built that way. And that is totally okay. So when you think about meditation, if you are like, please give me any other answer, Rebecca, besides that, I'm going to tell you this is mindfulness. It is not have to be meditation in any way, shape or form. Wow. I know it's a big, it's a big statement I just made there right now. And hopefully, um, some of those mindfulness experts aren't going to chase me down about it. Um, but here's my take on it as a therapist who's been teaching and teaching mindfulness for years to people with anxiety and panic as a solution. It is mindfulness is deeply embedded in my online course. So if you're somebody who suffers with anxiety and you really want to dig into this idea about like, can we get rid of the self, the critical self relationship? 
right? And can we learn some mindfulness to get rid of this anxiety problem? Check out my course. It's on my, the link is in the show notes and it's on my website. You can check it out. I go way into why mindfulness is a solution and helping people to do it. So let me break it down for you. How the heck you do it in the next five minutes. So mindfulness is paying attention in a certain way to the present moment. So let me break that down. Paying attention. What does this mean? Well, friend, it does mean not following your thought stream, but rather placing your attention on a focus of your choice. That's what it means. It means that you're willing to let go of paying attention to other things and pay attention to what you're choosing to pay attention to instead. You do this all the time, right? So if you're in charge of, you know, all I can think of in my head is like a baby sitting on a ledge, right? Like if somebody's like, here, can you, can you watch my baby? It's going to sit on this ledge. (laughs) Believe me, you friend, you ain't going to get distracted because you're basically telling your mind and your body pay attention to this baby on this ledge. This is mindfulness. Okay. And so I'll break it down for you just a little bit further in a certain way, in a certain way means you're choosing what to focus on, right? So it's not going to be a baby on a ledge because basically if you're in the middle of a, a heavy overthinking cycle, for example, you can go, okay, let me pay attention in a different way, in a certain way to something else besides this circus in my head. You get to pick how you pay attention. Okay. And so the way I like to introduce mindfulness to people is very simple. The five senses and breath, right? These are the six ways that you could choose to pay attention to the present moment, right? You can pay attention to your breath, feel it coming in and out, feel how it feels in your body, really focus in on what does it feel like to breathe, right? Are we focused on thinking? No. Is there thinking happening? Yes, right? There's always thinking happening. The other thing about mindfulness is we're not trying to stop thoughts. That's not a goal, friend. That's a setup for failure. The brain thinks all the time. We don't ever set it up not to think, but it doesn't mean we can't pay attention to something else, meaning we would need to ignore the thinking. Does that make sense? So if I tell you, pay attention in a certain way to the present moment, and I'm going to pick your focus and it's hearing the best way for you to do this is to close your eyes and listen to your environment. Actually closing your eyes allows your ears to open up to the full extent. It's amazing. Actually, you can hear double what you can hear with your eyes open with them closed. Um, I was like, am I saying that right? And yes, I did. So that's just paying attention in a certain way. What do I hear? Well, I hear the birds building a nest in my roof to my studio. That's problematic. I hear Lily. She's about to groan. 
on the floor. She's always, she's always sleeping in my office and snoring. Um, paying attention to the present moment in a certain way. We're not paying attention to all the thoughts in our heads. We're paying attention to the present moment. And here's where I want to talk about this, the present moment. What are you doing right now? Where are you? You're listening to a podcast. What else are you doing? Look around you. What do you see? Smell. What do you smell? Are you eating something? Describe how it tastes. Close your eyes. Listen to my voice. Listen to whatever else is going on around you. Or just take a few deep breaths. All you're doing there is not engaging with thought. You're just sort of showing up in your life and going, huh, well, what's going on here, right? And when you get good at focusing your attention where you ask it to focus, then you can start paying attention to things like, well, what am I thinking about all the time? What are the patterns that I'm noticing with my thoughts? This is where sitting in silence might come in handy, right? Because then we would need to pay attention to our thoughts. Engage with them? No. Follow them? Uh Uh-uh. Just notice. There's a couple little rules for doing mindfulness. The rules that I always tell people are, mindfulness is a curious activity. You're just showing up in the present moment to see what's what in kind of like this certain way, right? It's a curiosity. You're noticing what's happening. We're not trying to change it, right? Sometimes I'm practicing mindfulness and I notice, gosh, my, my neck is kind of hurting. Do I then stop and go and stretch and deal with my neck? No, because that's just a thought. I just notice that I had the thought of my neck bothering me and move on with my mindfulness activity, right? Or I can choose to go deal with my neck and then my mindfulness is all done. (laughs) Okay. So the last rule to mindfulness is non-judgment. And I think that this is really hard. Whenever I tell people like, go on, go out in your life, go practice these little funny activities, right? Called mindfulness. They always come back and say, I suck at mindfulness. (laughs) And I have to tell them, yeah. So remember rule, remember the rule number one. It's non-judgment. You don't suck at it. You're just learning to do it. Okay. And you don't think too much. Your brain's just doing what it does. So when you hear these sort of judgments come in, like uh, maybe you're practicing smelling and you think to yourself, well, that smells just absolutely awful. I would say like, can you move away from the judgment of it and just say, it smells very tangy and kind of sweet, musty. Okay. So there's a difference between judgment and description. And when you're playing around with paying attention, go for description over judgment every time. I learned mindfulness probably about, I don't know, maybe five or seven years ago. And I've been working hard on it all this time. And when I say working hard, I just do it whenever I remember to. (laughs) If I get tweaked out, I'll take a nice deep breath and focus elsewhere. When my mind is running like a million miles an hour, I'll just take a deep breath and do a little bit of mindfulness. I use mindfulness when I'm doing my house chores, like folding laundry and other boring shit that I don't want to be doing. I just use it as an 
opportunity to practice mindfulness. When I spend time with people that I don't necessarily want to be around, I just observe non-judgmentally what's happening around me in a certain way. See what I'm doing there? So I would encourage you to slip some mindfulness into your little life over there, friend, and see if you can see some of the benefits. You'll be able to see patterns more easily. You'll be able to observe that it's very difficult to be present. Hello. Yes, I totally agree. And you'll learn to discipline yourself and be in relationship with yourself to go, "Uh -uh -uh." we're not thinking right now. All we're doing is observing the present moment in a certain way by our own choice. So I wish you all the luck in your mindfulness journey, and I will come at you soon with some new helpful topic that I'm going to come up with. Hey, I really appreciate you being here, and I hope you're doing really well, and I hope that this podcast helps you to get wherever it is you're going in your personal growth journey. I'll see you soon. I hope you found today's episode helpful. Your reviews, your likes, sharing it with friends, and just following or subscribing to this podcast, it really helps it get out to more people. So that's just how this game goes, this podcast deal. So here's my ask. Will you just take an action that will help more of us? It doesn't matter what it is. I'd really appreciate it. And so will your friends and family, okay? If you don't already know, I've spent years specializing in helping people with anxiety. So have you experienced any anxiety lately? Uh, Yeah, a lot of people have. I wanted to let you know, I do have an online class that will totally school you in the art of ditching an anxiety problem. So whether you're taking meds for it or doing therapy, or maybe you're more into self-help, my class is going to launch you into recovery mode because the non-negotiable fact is this. The only way to get rid of an anxiety problem is to do some personal growth work, my friend. Learning about anxiety, getting mindfulness skills, right? Otherwise known as brain discipline and presence and developing a better relationship with yourself are all crucial elements of anxiety recovery, period. Game over. If you wanna find out more, head to my site and join my class. It's called Back to Calm. Thanks for being here. Thank you.